Damn, son, where'd you find this? What the fuck is up, luscious ass babes? Welcome back to the Luscious Liberation Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Allen, and today, like all days, we're saying hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, and goodbye. That's right, goodbye to anybody, and I mean anyone or anything standing in your way (laughs) of being the best possible version of yourself. I'm about 99.9% sure that it's you that's standing in your way, but don't worry, we'll unfuck you right quick, or maybe fuck you at the same time, who knows, both simultaneously. I like to think of life like a double-edged sword or a double-ended dildo. Either side works, just depends how you're getting fucked that day, you know? (laughs) Sword can be used as a weapon or a tool, it just depends. And if it's someone else standing in your way, which I'm about like 60% sure it probably could be, well, fuck them, throw them in the trash because we don't need them. Hi, what's up? You are so blessed and so lucky for this special hump day treat that I have coming your way. And this is actually a double feature, bitch. Wouldn't you know it? I broke the seal and now I can't stop. So my last episode, um, if you haven't listened to the one before this one, maybe go back and listen to that one or whatever. These are out of sequence. Listen to them. Don't listen to them. Listen to them in order. Don't. I don't care. That's your prerogative. That's your right as a taxpayer. <laughs> uh <laughs> Did you file your taxes? I did. It's great. It's a nice feeling, right? If not, I promise it's not as scary as you think it is. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. But yeah, so my last podcast episode, I talked about how I kind of had not writer's block, but podcaster's block. Um, I've done lives. You know, I keep up with my Instagram relatively. You know, I've been doing more of like Instagram lives. Posting, yeah. You know, I do my thing. You know, I've got my offers up you know, just different things, different ways that I keep up with things. I've just been in more content creation mode and showing up for my clients and everything. But yeah, I was talking about in that podcast how I just, there's another level and another layer of vulnerability that comes to doing my podcast. And I haven't really been in the place mentally, physically, or spiritually to show up full shaft the way that I want, a balls deep. I don't want to go half shaft. So I would much rather um, do things when they feel right and feel good to me rather than feeling like I have to do them to keep up with something. And that's kind of the basic this this got me thinking about a lot of things so that episode actually inspired this one and I actually again I broke the seal so for those of you that struggle with um, maybe writer's block or you've been feeling a lack of creativity it's kind of ass backwards but the best way to get your creativity back is to at least just show up and try and even if you don't do anything with it like for example there's some solo jams that I did during the month and a half that I wasn't podcasting and I didn't do anything with them, but they were just nice practice just for me, you know? So even if you write something and no one's going to see it, or if you do a voice memo and no one's going to see it, or you make a video and no one's going to see it, it's okay. Like a part of content creation is like, not everything is a constant. You can't be in a constant cycle of churning things out. You can't be in a constant state of wanting to share. And I think holding ourselves to standards like that is just going to set us up for failure. Um, I want to talk a lot about all this stuff. Here I go, getting ahead of myself again because I'm just so excited. Um, I went for a walk, actually. That got me going. I was... So that's why I'm a little out of breath, if you're wondering. (sighs) Just so excited. (sighs) You just get me so hot and bothered, baby. (laughs) No, I went for a run. That usually gets all my creative juices flowing, all that fun stuff. I was actually running, and, you know, in Florida... 
the weather likes to do fun things where it's stormy and cloudy and then it's sunny and I was running and I could feel the wind picking up and I was almost home free. I was running as fast as I could and then Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield came on and then suddenly the rain was pouring on my skin a little bit and the wind's picking up and I'm running. I'm like, feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips. Dude, I was in a Nike commercial for a minute, so that jazzed me up. Um, but what didn't jazz me up, the reason I went on that run in the first place is because I had a tough time waking up today. Um, just been having trouble sleeping again, which is kind of on and off. I've had a really bad sinus infection, which leads to migraines. It leads to um, just a lot of nasal pressure. It's really hard to focus, especially because with my job, I need to be able to look at a computer screen and focus my eyes on a fixed point for a long period of time. It requires me having to talk. It requires me having to focus on certain things at a time. And when you have a migraine and like your mouth and nose is throbbing and your head is throbbing and you're exhausted, that's just the worst feeling. Today I'm feeling a lot, a lot better, mostly because I finally broke down and took some NyQuil and a leave and Dayquil. I don't like to take pills. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> the hippie in me, what can I say? Um, but yeah, you know, I finally am getting back to feeling a little bit better today. And, you know, I was still slow getting up. And I kind of had a shit morning in a way of feeling motivated and kind of getting down on myself a little bit. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get out of bed and I'm just going to start. I'm not going to make anything about what I've been doing this morning or the lack thereof mean anything about me or my success or what it is I have to share. I'm worthy of sharing because I am and I'm worthy of money because I am. And there's no perfect vibe that I need to be in in order to do that. And I think when you know we hold ourselves to those standards, we end up being the assailant of our progress and of our forward motion and our content creation, right? When we feel like, oh, I have to be perfect. I didn't do my perfect morning routine. We get too ritualistic with the entrepreneurship and the manifestation, right? So I started to get into that mode. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do an Instagram live. Dude, it was a whole vibe. It was an hour of juiciness, amazing topics that flowed from me. And then it didn't save. And that's why I was like, you know what? I need to go on this run and let off this steam because I'm feeling annoyed. I'm feeling angry. A reoccurring theme in my content creation. I've had seriously, like, I remember when I was first redoing Hustle and Honeys, like years ago now. I lost all of my work. There's just been so many times where I've lost work or things haven't saved or whatever, they've been deleted. And the attitude I've always taken with them is I'm like, oh, obviously, ugh, excuse me, <laughs> obviously, there's something else that needs to be said. There's something that could be better transmuted or I'm having a chance to do it again for a reason. Like I never like to take it as a bad sign. Like, oh, obviously I wasn't meant to share it or see, this sucks. Like I get frustrated and annoyed. I was very annoyed, but then I'm like, okay, obviously there's something else that needs to be said or a different medium. I'm like, oh, maybe this is for my podcast. Maybe I get to go through these topics again transmuting them again just through a different medium and just a chance to expand more and say more and maybe reach people more that need to hear it. So that's the way that I take things. Those are just some simple shifts and perspectives that I, this is what I do. That's what I do with my business. That's what I, I've always done with the club and a disciplined mind and being self-aware that's gotten me further than anything else. So with that being said, that kind of ties perfectly into what I want to talk about next. So 
what I do, I desire in my business and with the courses that I create is I really have this deep intention to create content that stands the test of time and that it's always applicable to you no matter what industry you're in. You know, being me being a stripper, me being an entrepreneur, me being someone with mental health struggles and all of that, I like creating content and putting things out there that are varied, that speak to... I've never been like a niche person or needing to niche down. I believe that I'm the vibe. <laughs> I have a lot to say. I have a powerful perspective. I have a powerful presence and therefore I get to show up and say and be and that in itself helps people so much and that might sound like an asshole thing to say but it's true so (laughs) it's true you know gotta own I own my weaknesses so much and I don't spend enough time owning my strengths and I think that tends to happen because we're afraid of being like oh am I an asshole for thinking that you're an asshole for like Believing that you're good at what you do? The fuck? How dare you? It's funny when you say stuff like that out loud. But yes, I have an intention to create content that is applicable to all areas of your life. So whether I'm talking about dancing, whether I'm talking about my business, whether I'm talking about a certain launch or a certain specific thing, I really have this intention where I want you to be able to go back to my courses. I want you to be able to go back to my podcast and things resonate with you at different times and you always come with something new. You always come from my content with something new that you maybe didn't perceive before or a deeper understanding or a new kind of understanding. And I think the reason I'm able to do that is because I'm really not afraid to be where I'm at and to share it. I don't need to be perfect in order to be worthy of taking up space and I don't need to have it all figured out in order to express my wisdom. And that's just strong core beliefs that I have and that have been built up over the years. So if this kind of seems like a foreign concept to you, don't worry. I'm kind of the queen of holding opposing energies and opposing Um, just opposing things like I don't make one thing more significant than the other that's something that's come with time as well but also if you listen to my last episode I was talking about how there's a really strong possibility that I might be bipolar and that makes a lot of sense too because I'm very used to being very up and down um, in my moods I'm very self-regulated and very um, disciplined but I do tend to go up and down with my moods and my motivation level but I've still managed to create consistency and to create really positive self-awareness and just the ability to regulate my emotions and my responses. And I just keep getting better and better with time, understanding myself and, you know, getting to a more, more just relaxed state, more disciplined state, more um, less anxious state. And yeah, you know, that's come with time and that's come with Obviously, I say discipline so goddamn much, but that's really it. We'll talk more about that in a second. Um, And my self-awareness, my willingness, my willpower, all of that. But yeah, I think the reason I'm so good at holding those opposing viewpoints or these opposing energies, being able to balance a lot of different perspectives or ways of being, like not niching myself down, not putting myself in one certain box, it's just because I'm really able to see that that's my personality, that's the way that my mind works. And I think that that is so beautiful because I really don't thrive under all or nothing thinking. And I'm sure so many of you are the same way, whether or not you have the same struggles that I do or something similar. Um, All or nothing is just like the death of creativity. All or nothing is the assailant of progress. I like saying assailant ever since I said it in the last episode. It's such a great way to describe it, I think. So anytime that I wake up and I say, oh, well, I didn't meditate. I looked at my phone before I did my thing. Um, I didn't go through my whole routine yet. Or the last few days I haven't done everything I said that I wanted to do. 
that obviously means I'm not destined for success or, oh, my live didn't save. So obviously that means that everything is stupid and the world is against me, right? Because catastrophizing, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but here we go. Um, or, oh, well, I don't have it all figured out yet. So that means that I'm not allowed to show up or I haven't showed up in a month or blah, 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 blah. Or there's certain things that I did that I don't necessarily stand by anymore. That means I'm not allowed to have an opinion ever again. We just take things and strengthen them and we give power and significance to the wrong things a lot of the time. Or even if we're giving strength and significance to things that aren't serving us or negative things or whatever, just like I kind of introduced in the last podcast episode, just being open to giving equal screen time or at least some screen time in the projection of your mind to the best possible outcome or what's going right. So balancing equal opposites, you know, I can be very productive and also not get shit done for the first few hours that I'm awake. I can really love my body and love myself, but also not like the way that I look in a bikini sometimes. Or I can be married, just like when I got married, I was a stripper. That's kind of crazy. It blows people's minds. Or yeah, like I used to be kind of a shithead, like not a very honest person, not really coming from a malicious place, but coming from more of a desperate, needy kind of vibe. Um, So I used to be a certain kind of way. And no, I'm not that kind of way anymore. I'm actually completely the opposite. And it's safe for me to keep evolving and to keep changing or to hold equal opposites or the fact that I really do. I don't get alarmed when things are things in my life are dualistic. Is that the word? dualistic. I think I nailed it. (laughs) I can be very articulate and not know the right word, or maybe I can't always think of the right word when I'm going off the top of the dome. I can't always think of the perfect word, but that doesn't make me any less of an intelligent speaker or an articulate person, you know? Why do we have to make that shit mean something about us? Yeah. Shit, man. (laughs) That's deep, right? If things in my life are duplicitous, I don't freak out and think, oh my god, what's going wrong? I think, hum, I am a human being that experiences a lot of duality. And I can either use that as, (laughs) I keep thinking about double-ended dildos every time. I can think of that as a sword used as a powerful tool, or I can use it as a weapon to kill myself or to murder somebody or whatever it is, right? Or I can use it to chop down a tree or defend myself against danger or something, right? So I could look at my dualistic, I keep wanting to say duplicitous, (laughs) duplicity? shit. I can look at my duality and my dualistic tendencies as a bad thing or a good thing. And either way, I'm still going to be the same way. So I can, (laughs) it's really about how I choose to perceive it. So that's why the courses that I create and the content that I put out are very self-oriented. I really place this emphasis on you questioning things about your life or yourself in a positive way. You know, I put this emphasis on you and your exploration and your expansion, your mindset, the way you want to perceive things, what you desire to be true. I share my own truth and authenticity and I use that And I use that to help you see a new way or empower you or almost give you kind of permission to do the same for yourself. And that's why I think my content, it's so, I don't know, it stands the test of time. It's it's something people always go back to or there's certain things that stick with people. And even years after working with me, people are still experiencing transformation or aha moments from stuff that we did years ago is because my work is not about, ooh, I have the golden ticket. I have the perfect strategy. Yes, I'm a savvy ass bitch. Yes, I have great amounts of wisdom. But my wisdom is actually the most powerful because of what it awakens in you, right? And I think that's why my shit has stood the test of time, it will continue to, but also why, you know, I think 
I will stand the test of time and I'll continue growing and evolving is because my crippling self-doubt that I experience a lot is actually a good thing. It's a double-ended dildo. Which way do you want it to fuck you? <laughs> Depends. Sometimes it feels good. Sometimes not so good, right? Um, my crippling self-doubt can be a really good thing because it makes me question myself, my motives, my past, ways I've acted or thought in the past, and I'm always open to changing and shifting when things don't feel in alignment or when I can't get behind what I've done. I'm not afraid to admit where I may have fucked up or I'm, I'm not afraid to admit or think about things differently. Even if I don't agree with somebody that disagrees with what I've said or done, I'm always willing to look at it and at least question it and doubt myself a little bit, like a healthy amount of it. It's not always healthy, the self-doubt, but I do believe a healthy amount of it, like questioning your motives, questioning things that you may have done. And specifically what I wanted to talk about here was ways that I've sold or ways I've been sold to and been encouraged to sell that don't actually feel so good or ways of conducting business, whether it be stripping or inside or outside of the club, there's just certain rules or different ways of doing things that are supposed to be the right way and the way to success that when I try to hold myself to those standards, I end up fucking myself a lot harder and a lot more. And that's why I believe my content is so timeless is because there's always an element of take what I say or leave it or I challenge you with a new perspective or you can disagree with me or agree with me. I'm more concerned about you stimulating your own curiosity and you stimulating your own thought process. That's what I really like to do. Um, and just give you a, a glimpse of authenticity and you know, not actual posturing, like nothing to actually really gain. Um, just me being me. I think that's really nice. <laughs> so, what, where, where the fuck was I going with that? Shit, I need to go back. Ooh, yes, willingness to look at myself. So I'm not afraid of being wrong, right? I'm not afraid of actually being wrong. And again, wrong is up to perspective. It's up to opinion. And opinions, I found in my own life, I don't have strong opinions. I have strong morals, but I don't have strong opinions on things. My opinions can change a lot, you know, around certain topics. There's certain things I'm cemented in, obviously, but then there's other things that I've surprised myself as I've gotten older and as I just live life. I've really changed my opinion on certain things that I never thought I would, and I'm still in my early, now almost mid-20s, so I expect that to keep happening and I'm opening to it. But I'm not afraid of being wrong. I'm not afraid of looking back at my behavior or the ways I've sold, the ways I've conducted business or done things. Um, I'm not afraid to maybe feel a little bit of shame or a little bit of frustration or a little bit, bit of doubt or um, remorse or even I'm not afraid to, yeah, look back and just be like, what the fuck to myself. So, for example, there's something that has kind of been a visceral reaction for me is when I read sales pages or read copy that is like it's talking about how the market is oversaturated and how you need to jump on this offer before it's done. And I've built up this crazy big audience and made this crazy amount of money and you need to take this masterclass or else you're going to miss the window. There's only so much time and it's about to blow up and these are these super secrets and my super secret formula and everything. And that has never been fully my vibe at all. There's certain elements, obviously scarcity works um, in marketing very well. Um, I use certain 
bits of scarcity, but only really where it's really necessary, where it's like, hey, you can take this course and be further along, or you can kind of stay stuck where you are. I put a countdown timer on my sales pages to let you know, hey, you only have this amount of time to grab my thing. There's a reason I run things at a certain, you know, different times of the year, so that the people that want to grab it, grab it, and then it's not just always available, right? There's certain aspects of scarcity that, yes, they are potent, they work, but when it comes to the scarcity where it's like you're running out of time, you're running out of time, the market's going to be oversaturated, um, you need to make sure that you jump on it now and do this now, 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 now. And when that is being perpetuated very strongly, it almost activates this kind of fight or flight response. And yes, marketing, especially like scarcity marketing and FOMO, it activates your fear of missing out, which means your fear of not having enough resources, being left behind by your tribe, whatever, all of these caveman things, these caveman aspects, right? So that's the reason that a lot of times it works. And I have done things like that in the past where I wasn't completely being ethical the way that I would be now. And so I kind of look back a little embarrassed or a little bit like, ah, what the fuck am I doing? Or I was encouraged by certain people that were further along than me making more money. And I thought that that meant that I have to sell the way that they do or have to do the things that they do. And I think it's the same thing with a lot of, this is more like entrepreneurial business type stuff. But then when it comes to the entrepreneurial stripper shit in the club, I felt wrong for a long time because my courses aren't like, hey, here's the line. Here's what you say to get them back there. I have a champagne slayer course, which is strategic and like, here's how I sell more champagne rooms. But it's not just, oh, here's the perfect line. Here's what you do. Here's how to hustle and make more money tonight. I am much more interested in giving you a full experience of what it actually takes at a mind, body, soul, identity, spiritual level in order to feel worthy enough to attract six figures, to be savvy and strategic enough to make six figures and to be able to balance the ups and downs that come with the club, that come with entrepreneurship, that come with your mind, that come with crazy external circumstances. Um, I always felt weird for that because it wasn't like, here, make more money. This is the perfect line. There you go. Pay me and all your problems will go away. Um, I just never resonated with that. And any time that I felt pressured to do that and I did it, it never worked out or I end up looking back feeling wrong about it. And the reason I'm talking about all of this, right, and there's just certain things that have come up recently that I don't necessarily agree with when people come to me with grievances. Um, I got my first refund request ever and I don't agree with the person it's kind of convenient that months after we finished working together they still have a payment plan to do then suddenly they're upset with me it's just all very convenient right um I don't agree and I don't believe in this situation this was at a certain past a certain point in my business where this person was very ready and very excited and there was no pressure involved there was really um it was really just a very aligned decision at the time but then sometimes people months later they get into certain situations and want to blame the person that happens. Um, there's neither right or wrong. It all comes down to perspective, right? But even though I don't necessarily agree, um, it's a good chance for me to look at the way I want to continue to conduct business and just certain aspects or certain things that I might not align with. Like, I'm not afraid to say that I'm always improving. I'm not perfect. And I don't say that, like, I really hate when people say like, I'm human, I'm not perfect. But if you really are human and not perfect, then you kind of at times have to own up to the fact that as an ever evolving human being in business that uses different strategies or tries different things, there's going to be times when you look back at your life and the things you've done and be like, Ooh, I don't know if I do that now. Right? So 
I've always come from a very place of high integrity. Um, I've always come from a place of never wanting to be malicious and always being very real, raw, my pants and vulnerable with all of you. And I will always continue to. Um, but there are certain aspects of my business where, you know, I used to do a lot more selling in the DMs. And that is something that worked really well for me for a long time. And I would sell in the DMs like all the time. And I talk to my audience a lot in the DMs as well, like just talking. And if I thought someone was a good fit for something, I would just tell them that and say, hey, here you go, like no pressure or whatever. There were times when I was working with a certain coach that they encouraged me to pressure people and do things. And I did do those things where it was more like, well, if you don't do this, then like you're fucked kind of thing. Not for a lack of better words, but that kind of energy, that kind of vibe, you know, not saying it, but vibes speak louder than words, you know? <clears throat> oh shit. But I do look back on that with regret. And I think that I just kind of outgrew that element, even though selling the DMs works, it still does. At certain times, if someone comes to me and they're ready, there has to be that level of someone comes to me and is like, Hey, I'm ready. I have some questions. Let's talk. That's fine. But now I don't go seeking people out. People come to me and I had to start embodying that energy before it, it was actually happening. You know, I always felt like I had to go out and get the bag that kind of like stripper hustle mentality that, you know, you really do need to succeed in the club. But I just started, I don't know. I just started, um, shifting my energy and my focus around it where now it's like people can come to me and tell me that they're ready but I'm not going to go seek anybody out and that was a really big shift for me to make because I'm a very active listener I'm a very active seller um, and I've kind of gotten more passive and not in like a negative way I think passive has a negative connotation attached to it but more passive in the sense that I am an attractor I'm a magnet and the right people are always being magnetized to me and there's no certain place that I need to show up there's nothing that I need to say I have this very core belief within myself and the way my business runs and the way money is attracted to me. And I always have had this. That's why I've always made a lot of money in the club is that there's no one that I need to convince or coerce. And I'm not running out of time. There's no such thing as an oversaturated market, bitch. There, we have an oversaturated planet. We got how many, we're how many billion strong? Shit. We haven't run out of space on the planet yet. You have space to take up your little corner of the club or the internet and monetize it and make money. Like we haven't run out of money yet. We haven't run out of space on this planet yet. Bitch, oversaturated is a mindset. It's a vibe and I just don't subscribe to it. I also don't subscribe to, oh, I have to show up on like TikTok or I have to like do clubhouse or if I don't do my podcast every week, then I'm not going to make money. Or if I don't post every day, I'm not, my launch isn't going to go well. It's like, no, I have such unwavering focus and belief that I am money. Money is only attempting to articulate my just invaluable wisdom, my invaluable presence. And the right people are always finding me no matter what. And all I have to do is show up and collect. There's so many attitudes and beliefs that I've cemented over the years of doing business and, um, and stripping that just become stronger and stronger. And also the point of this too is that I don't want you to box yourself in if you are wanting to start a business or be a content creator, be a coach, or just want to fine tune your stripper skills or whatever it is. I don't want you to be so paralyzed by the fear of doing the wrong thing or looking back on the choices that you've made or the things that you've said or the way you sold or just the decisions that you make. I don't want you to be afraid of looking back on those and feeling that shame because shame, a lot of times it comes from like remorse or guilt or wishing something was different or feeling bad about something, whether, and sometimes it's founded or unfounded. I believe sometimes shame 
can be founded, you know, if you've done something that was dishonest or something that you really don't align with anymore. And I'm definitely guilty of that. Of course, I've tried a lot of different things. I've tried a lot of different ways of doing things or ways that I thought that I had to be, but I'm not afraid to say that I'm constantly evolving and always changing. And at my core, I have a deep sense of integrity and service and heart and authentic, like real true blue authenticity. It's so overused and watered down now and everyone wants to do it as a marketing campaign. But for the right people, the right people that really do resonate and connect with me just the way that I connect with you, um, you'll see that and you'll sense that. But I'm never going to pretend to be perfect. And I think that's why a lot of people end up getting canceled or they end up, um, they just end up, what's the word, uh, controversy or people being mad at them is the thing is, People always just want to be heard and not everybody is going to agree with you and you don't necessarily have to agree with someone else, but a really big part of being unapologetic is knowing when to apologize and when to hold your own. Um, it's just a balancing act. So I don't want you to get boxed in and worried about what if I fuck up? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I look back on things I've done and I'm ashamed? I feel like if you don't look back on your old self, you don't feel a little embarrassed or ashamed, you probably haven't grown. <laughs> But seriously, as long as you're willing to look at yourself and as long as you're willing to like own up to shit and at least talk about it, I think that's the number one thing is everyone's too busy trying to be defensive or too busy trying to save their own asses that they forget that I think the truth will always set you free. The real Robin Pants truth will always set you free and being willing to put aside your ego for a second and really look at yourself, it'll get you a lot further. Um, I don't want perfect and I know none of you want perfect. It's really just about the willingness to not be perfect. Um, so yeah, there's, I stand, I stand by my message and my intention and what it is that I'm here to do on this planet. I stand by that completely 100% and I always will but sometimes the way I have articulated it or packaged it to sell I don't necessarily agree with 1000% because I grow because I evolve because I change because I have more um, certainty in my own inner authority and the way that I feel called to show up and I don't need to squeeze myself into a box because a six-figure coach told me to or because a millionaire told me to you know what I mean so usually confusion or a lack of alignment or looking back on the things that you've done and them feeling unaligned is from you not listening to yourself and just doing what someone else told you to do. Does that make sense? I know I'm telling you to do stuff right now. <laughs> so it is. It's kind of a double-ended dildo here. <laughs> but it's true. I do encourage you to do all of those things. So I think that that made sense. I'm pretty sure it made sense. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. So you're never running out of time. I feel like that is the number one fear we have because we know how short our lives are and how unfair they are and how fragile this human existence is, but you're not running out of time. And as long as you're still here, you still have time. We don't know what's going to happen either way. And we can either be powerful co-creators in that and bring our focus to what we want while also knowing we have no clue and embracing the mystery of it, or we can curl up in a ball in the corner and suck our thumb, or we can do both. Like, I think both is good. <laughs> as long as there's a balance, you do whatever you need to do, luscious babe. <laughs> mm. Shit. So there's a lot of things I talked about in my newsletter that I want to touch on because they're such amazing topics and I wrote a lot in this last newsletter. If you don't get my newsletter, you're missing out because I pour a lot of just energy into it and a lot of love. So first of all, I am definitely known as being too expensive, especially for my stripper audience, for my coaching 
audience, like my coaching clients that are like coaches or entrepreneurs, not super expensive. Certain people, yeah, I can be seen as expensive, but especially in the stripper world. So I want to talk more about that. Um, yeah, my newsletters are awesome. So here's the thing. I have things that are free. I don't half-ass anything. I have freebies that are amazing that you can always download. I have lower priced courses that are under $100 or whatever. I have flexible payment plans that are extended. Even after so many people have fucked me over on payment plans, I still offer them because, you know, I know that having that flexibility of a payment plan is so good. And just because some people don't honor their investments, I don't want to hold everybody to that standard, you know? And yeah, that's why I do that because I want it to be accessible, even though I do charge higher prices, especially higher than a lot of industry people. Um, especially specifically hustling honeys, right? So hustling honeys is almost like now I doubled the price pretty much because it's amazing. I'm always adding to it. Um, you get access to all updates. Like, it's such an amazing fucking course, and I love it so much. And there's just been so many great goddamn results. Um, it's almost $1,300 for this one course. And, you know, Safe to be Seen was over $2K. Um, my one-on-one -on -one coaching prices are now, like, a minimum, like, of 9000 Or a VIP day is, like, 3500 I don't shy away from talking about my prices or saying them very directly or putting them on the sales page so that you see them. I'm not trying to trick anybody into paying me. I'm not afraid to say in a message or whatever the fuck or whatever it is directly. Someone ask me. Like, I'll tell you my prices because I believe in them. Um, for a long time, I felt weird about charging so much or, like, oh, who am I to charge stuff like that? Uh, well, first of all, I've grinded on... I've grinded on dirty, greasy dudes or sat and talked with dudes shipping, shipping, sipping champagne for thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm sorry that stripping um, fucked up my concept of money. And now I know with my unique, authentic gifts and my wisdom, I deserve to be hella paid. <laughs> um, and even like my prices, they still feel low to me or not even low, but not expensive because expensive is just a word that's not really in my vocabulary anymore or what I've normalized excessive amounts of money to a point where if I see something that costs like thousands and thousands of dollars or, you know, I drop thousands of dollars in one sitting or I drop thousands of dollars into investments all at one time. I don't know. It's just, I'm not afraid of things that are money. They cost money or a lot of money. I don't complain about, you know, cost of living or just different things. They are. So the th the worry of things being expensive, they're not made up. Those are very valid concerns and valid points and that they are real, right? This isn't to be disconnected from the reality of the way the world is set up and it's fucking unfair and things are expensive and people are underpaid and there's just so many fucked up things happening in our world and our class systems, the whole nine. And it's, 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 this does not take away from that reality. However, that is not a reality that I want to live. I'm sorry for the people that do and that are in those realities. This doesn't mean that they've manifested that or that they're not worthy of it or whatever. It's just the fact is that I don't want to live that reality. And I know that I am a powerful co-creator and my perspective and my belief in myself is so powerful. And I know that everybody is worthy of money and wealth and whatever it is that they desire. It's just a matter of having the right tools, the right awareness and balancing the external world with the internal. It's very confusing. I've had a lot of under deeper understandings around all of this stuff that I want to get more into. So when it comes to 
the way that I see like money manifestation and manifestation um, that I've I've really grappled with this and baked my noodle on it for a long time. And I think that I have a very nice answer to all of this. So it's like, OK, so why are some people really struggling? You know, there's people in Israel, there's there, all that stuff in Israel with the Palestinians, all that stuff that's happening, um, you know, terrorist attacks or. Um, just sicknesses, people dying of COVID, you know, there's uh, people, drug overdoses, like there's so many things that are happening um, to so many beautiful people. And there's so many beautiful people that are struggling and can't pay the bills, haven't been able to find a job. There's real shit happening all the time. So there, so where does manifestation come into all of that? Where does the flow of abundance come into all of that? And I think we go about this all wrong or really good hearted, amazing people really block themselves because of the guilt and the empathy for that and they don't want to become another rich asshole right here's the thing there is an external world beyond our control as human beings on this planet we all have free will that is why someone can especially in the united states with our fucking gun laws <laughs> and our right to bear arms yes you have the right to have bear arms on your wall and also guns especially in florida my state Rep in the sunshine state, baby. The gun-shaped state for a reason. Um, we all have free will, which is why some people go and buy guns and they like to hunt and they like to have it for protection. I have a gun for protection. Um, I'm not going to go and shoot up a fucking grocery store. But there are some people that exercise their free will and their rights and they go shoot up a fucking grocery store on a Tuesday afternoon just because. Did the people in the shopping center or the grocery store, did they manifest that? No. They were susceptible to an external world that is beyond our control. That can feel really disempowering, right? And it's I, I, there's, it's just like a really fancy way of basically saying shit happens. And I think having that awareness that shit happens while also knowing you're a powerful creator is important. And at least it's been important on my journey. So the way that I see it, there's an external world beyond our control. Everyone on this planet has free will and they exercise it the way that they want. That is why it is so important to become abundant and giving and grateful and pour into your individual self so that you can have a powerful impact on the collective world. Because there is an external world beyond our control, the only control we have is through our own internal experience. So that is through pouring into yourself Believing what it is that you desire to believe, strengthening your manifestation muscles, manifesting more money, because in a capitalistic society, you have more of a say in how the world runs when you have more money. I'm sorry, the hippie in me wants to just do drugs in the woods and trade shit and live a fucking nomadic life and none of this capitalistic shit matters, but unfortunately, the fucking capitalist pig in me says the reality is we live in a society where money matters. And if I wanna have a say in how the world is run, I need to be unapologetic in my pursuit of more money and I need to bring as many people as I can with me. Which means there needs to be no shame in the pursuit of more money and releasing all the limiting ideas around money and unapologetically charging what I want and what feels good for me. So this external world Things are happening all the time. People exercise their free will differently. When you step into the power of being a co-creator and manifesting the life of your dreams, the money that you want, when you become 
somebody that isn't just, you know, living shift to shift or paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. There's no shame in any of those things. I've been there. There are so many people that are still there. Money is not everything. It does not, it is not a direct reflection of your self-worth or by any means, and you didn't manifest your faded life, like what you were born into, and the different limitations that society has placed on you, you know, and the way that the system is rigged. I mean, think about, especially in America, when I think about the way our economy was set up, and the way that our government and the world was set up, we're still, we're so archaic, we're still living back technically with our laws and rules and regulations and our systems, we're still living back in the 17-1800s, basically. So of course, when old white guys ran the world, which they still kind of do. It's getting better. We're getting there slowly but surely. But when you think about the attitude and the vibe that our world was created, especially in the States, I'm talking from an American perspective, but I'm sure all of you can relate. So the system was designed for them to win. It was rigged for them to win. Definitely not people of color, definitely not women, definitely not anybody else, right? So the system was not built for anyone to win. So, except for rich old white guys. So, wouldn't it be the biggest fuck you ever to get rich and live an empowered life and have a say in how the world runs? In a capitalistic society, money matters. And when you have money, you have the power to invest in certain things, to challenge certain people, do certain things. And the reason that the one percenters or whatever, this is a common thing I hear, like, eat the rich, the one percenters have all of the money. And they have all the power and all the resources. And the reason that they always have and that they still do is the fact of they always have. They just simply always have and more people haven't. And that's why being rich or being a millionaire or a billionaire is so coveted because there's just less people who have gotten there. You know? So it's special. It's something to be coveted. But what if being rich was no big deal? What if there was more money being circulated around and money was in the hands of glorious, luscious babes? Wouldn't we get glorious results? The only reason that rich people have the power and they have the power to exercise their free will and be greedy with it is because they've always had it and less people are empowered to make money because they just get so down and depressed like, well, I don't have the power to change the world. I'm stuck in this job. There's no way that I can make more money. Everyone's richer than me. All rich people are greedy anyway. So it's actually the least selfish thing that you can do living an empowered life and creating wealth for yourself. We've been looking at it all wrong, y'all. I know I've said it. I'll say it again. Tattoo it on my forehead. Put it on my fucking tombstone. It is your divine right and responsibility to be as rich as possible in a capitalistic society and it is your divine right and responsibility to be paid for your gifts in a world where we live in this external world beyond our control the most powerful thing that we can do is individually live our best lives because there are people that are banking on us being down and depressed and too stuck and too poor to do anything about what they're doing to our planet, what they're doing to our economy, what they're doing to oppressed communities, marginalized groups, all of that. In a capitalistic society, you have to have resources, which means you need to have money. So no, I will not apologize for my unapologetic pursuit of more money and charging what I deserve and going above and beyond and getting hella paid for it. And I would inspire you to do the same. <laughs> shit so yes i am expensive there's a lot of great hustle courses out there there's a lot of people that you can work with for very cheap or you can um and it, their work is fantastic you know where you can you know spend 50 dollars or 200 dollars or whatever that's just not my vibe 
and it doesn't make mine better or worse than anybody else. I just think that my approach is just different and I have a unique way of doing shit and I get to charge whatever the fuck I want, just like you. And expensive is subjective. And if I desire to live in a reality where expensive, expensive is irrelevant, then I have to embody that first. So, and I don't believe that I'm stealing from people when they pay me. And that's especially why now I take such a relaxed approach with selling and people come to me when they're ready and they come to me ready to pay me and I decided that's how things worked is because I want people to make empowered choices. I don't believe I need to mind fuck you or sabotage you or convince or coerce you to work with me or pay me. I believe that the right people are always magnetized to me. And it hasn't always been that way. That's something that had to grow and I had to create for myself. So if that feels foreign to you, that's only come for me with practice. So I want money spent to be something that is like the gift that keeps on giving to people, you know, by paying me, by working with me, by being in my expansiveness and learning my wisdom on an extensive level. Um, yeah, I want that to feel good. So I want people to come to me ready. And if someone can be swayed or when people change their mind or when people ghost or whatever, I take that as a sign that they know the best possible decision for themselves. I trust your inner authority and agency so goddamn much. And even if you make maybe a decision that you won't always stand behind or you decide not to do something or said you were going to do something but didn't and you decide otherwise, I just trust that it's always the right decision for you. Um, and I think it's funny that coaching is supposed to be like this empowering thing, but a lot of times coaches want to, I don't know, just different people that are selling things. They want to make you doubt what you believe to be true and what it is that is right for you at that moment. And I've done it too. And that doesn't feel good and it never works out. So the queen has spoken, gavels down, bringing the dancing lobsters, okay? <laughs> Shit. So there are a few more things I wanna talk about actually. I still have some more things written down. So you're not running out of time. Strategy changes but intention is forever, right? So strategies and external things will change with trends. And I mean, just like the way body image standards change, just like st strategies and lines and all of those things will change. But I believe what makes my work so powerful is that it's directed and focused on you and your internal transformation and your mindset and your intuitive hustle, your, your soulful sales. And that's why it'll stand the test of time because it's all directed and focused on your internal experience and how you can use that to create. There is an external world that we cannot necessarily control, but what we can control is our internal knowing. We control how we respond to them. And we can, by using the powers of manifestation, we can repel what it is that we don't want and call in what it is that we do want. We can set high standards and receive them, but we can't get too caught up in the guilt and the shame of, well, what about all of the people that are suffering? Does that mean that they manifested it? No, there's an external world beyond our control. And there are a lot of shitty people out there exercising their free will in shitty ways. So why wouldn't you have the chance to exercise your free will in a powerful, positive and transformative way? In a capitalistic society, we need resources. So continue to be unapologetic in your pursuit of more money. Shit, that's so good. So yeah, this was my live. This was kind of based off my newsletter and my live. And I love it. It's just 
all of this stuff. Ooh, okay, so this kind of ties into the fear of running out of time or doing things because you feel like you have to. So I always felt so much shame around not doing more, in quotations, with my stripper money. Um, I didn't have a stock portfolio. I didn't have savings for a long time. Thankfully, I started saving money before the pandemic. Jesus Christ, like if it was back in the days when I just used to like blow all my money, dude, I would have been fucked. So if that was you, don't worry. That's why I said don't feel bad because I'm lucky I got my shit together <laughs> in time because I would have been fucked right along with you. Um, so I really understand and sympathize and empathize with that. So the thing is with my stripper money, there's this kind of shame or this kind of I've talked about this before on my podcast as well, way back when, where I made myself more special or put myself on a pedestal where I'm like, ha, I'm using the stripping industry to like further my business and I'm using it for good. That means I'm better than everybody else. Not consciously, of course, but again, it's our job and our our responsibility to see what's going on underneath the surface, right? And I talked about it in a really early episode where I talked about am I okay with being a stripper forever? Like, could I be okay with never making more of myself in quotations? And that's why I also want to stay away from the narrative of, ooh, I'm a successful business owner now and I was a stripper and I used my career to get ahead. Like there's so many people that judge strippers or sex workers and they're like, well, as long as you're doing it for a reason, right? As long as you're using it to get through school or to start a business or whatever. I Fuck that, whatever. People are jealous because you get to go to work in your goddamn underwear and have drinks and watch sexy bitches dance or you get to fuck for money or whatever the fuck like they're just jealous like (laughs) they can't wrap their mind around like having that much self-esteem and self-worth that you know that you're just too sexy and too good to give it away for free Um, but I digress I never want to encourage that narrative. That's why I'm very open with the fact that, no, I didn't want to strip forever. There's some people that do want to for a long time um, and that they, they'll still continue to strip while doing their business. There's some people that are just ready and willing to be done. And for me, I wanted to be done, but I don't look at it like, oh, I used my stripper money for good or I used my stripping for career for good. It is good because it is. And it, there's nothing that you need to do to make it worth it. It's a job. It's a job. It's sometimes a calling, but above all, it's still a fucking job. It's a glorified sales position. Let's just say that. (laughs) But for real. I digress. So I felt shame for a long time and I tried to prop myself up by saying, oh, well, stripping is good because I have a podcast and because I do courses and blah, 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 blah. And I talked about one of those early episodes. Um, I forget. It's got to be in the top 20. It's very early on. And I talked about how I became okay with if stripping was all I ever did I could be so proud of myself and so so honored to be a part of this industry and when we release resistance and we become okay with where we are and possibly not getting what it is that we desire that's how we speed up manifestation um and another thing I don't want anyone to feel ashamed if you're at a a point in your career or you have made this mistake a lot of times where you spend all of your money as you make it or you live kind of shift to shift. I was there for a long time and um, I felt so confused as to why I never could save or, you know, there's just so many things that we're supposed to do like, oh, well, make sure you pay all your taxes, make sure that you invest and your money works for you. And I never felt compelled to do that. I paid my taxes. I mean, fuck, I avoided it for a long time. There was a lot of messes I had to clean up with paying back taxes, just different things, you know, from learning from my mistakes, of course. But my savings account wasn't ever fat and I never had a stock investment portfolio until now, until I have been a stripper 
for many years. I've made a lot of money and spent a lot of money for many years. And I just now opened a stock portfolio. I got like a Roth IRA and I play with my money. And for a long time, I was ashamed for not having that. And here's the thing about me is I will not do something if I don't want to do it. This is the beautiful thing about my personality and about just who I am as a person, my drive and my motivation. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be the best at it. I've experienced a lot of jealousy in my life because throughout my whole life, if I want to do something, I will be the best at it with little or no effort. It's just the way that it goes. I mean... And that's a funny thing to say, but it's really true in my life. I pick things up very fast and I just adapt very well to things. But if I don't have an interest in it, but here's the flip side, right? So I'm so gifted, right? Fucking beautiful, gifted, focused, talented, pick shit up, do it. Boom. The will to survive. I have the tiger, baby. Flip side is, if I don't want to do it, I will not do it. And if I don't want to do it and I force myself to do it, I will sabotage myself every step of the way, okay? So that's the trade-off. I'm very good at a lot of things um, without, with little to no effort, with just my intention. Um, but then if I don't want to do it, I can't. I physically can't or I will sabotage and shame myself to death. So I'm basically a glorified, ambitious brat, Let's just say that. <laughs> and I like to get my way. And I don't want to do things I don't want to do. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. I demonized myself for that for a long time. So with saving, I started saving because I wanted to. Because I actually was like, oh, I'm tired of not having savings. And it feels good to save. So I started saving. And the moment that I actually wanted to, I fucking did it. And when it comes to the stock market, I felt compelled. I forget why I even felt compelled in the first place. But I was like... I really want to start a Roth IRA. And I started with just $50 and I started buying stocks. And again, I'm not a professional. Talk to your CPA or a financial advisor or whatever. I'm not giving financial advice, but I'm just telling about what I've done. Disclaimer. Um, I started with like a small amount and I dropped, I had to build up my confidence with it. You know, I dropped like $1, $2, 5, 10, 20, and I built up to 50. And then I bought stuff for that's $100 or $200. I put in little bits at a time. And then I'm like, oh, I have $500. Let me throw that in the stock market. Let me buy this, buy that. And what's crazy is something that always felt so heavy to me or so boring or, or just so pointless. Like I never felt interested in the stock market. And during the pandemic, there were so many people that were like, buy up all the stocks while they're cheap. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. And I didn't want to do it. I really didn't. And now here I am the last month or two, I like seeing it grow. I've never been more excited about saving. It feels so expansive and supportive. And there was so much joy I had when I put like a couple hundred bucks I had lying around and like investing it and watching the number go up and then seeing how the market dips and then it comes back up and then it rebounds. And like, it's so exciting to me to have my money circulating and feeling the power of that energy of my money circulating. And the thing is though, I didn't make myself bad. I didn't say, well, you should have invested years ago and you haven't, so you're not allowed. Or, well, you know, you don't know anything about this because I wanted to, because I felt compelled and because it was a vibe for me, I started reading into things and I started finding stuff and getting excited about dividends. And, you know, I made a lot of really great investments that are paying off and seeing the dividends come in. Right. But it's because I wanted to do it. And I intuitively and instinctively knew and trusted myself for many years that I just don't want to do that. 
And I don't fucking have to do anything. The reason I have the life that I have, why I was a stripper, why I was an entrepreneur, is because I have very specific ways of being. I can't have a regular job. I can't clock in. I'm a shit employee after a while because I get boxed in and I feel too much. I'm probably bipolar. I go up and down. I need flexibility. All of that. I'm not going to apologize for being how I am. I'm going to create a life that suits me. And if that makes me an asshole or selfish or whatever, um, I'll stay over here in asshole land. So point being is if something is like, you have a lot of resistance around something and it's not the vibe, why can't you just trust yourself? You could never make the wrong decision. Even if you go back and say, oh, actually, I think I'm interested in this now and I think I want to pursue it, then fucking pursue it. If you don't, then don't. God, I've wasted so much time trying to force myself because I think that's a societal thing where we're conditioned to be like, oh, it has to, we have to suffer. We have to do stuff we don't want to do all the time. And yes, there have been times when I've had to do things that I didn't want to do, but nope, that's not the paradigm I want to be in anymore. And if that makes me an asshole, then stamp that shit on my forehead in my passport because I'm going to asshole world, baby. <laughs> now I'm just picturing like a crazy like theme park vibe with fucking assholes everywhere. <laughs> like a butt plug fucking Ferris wheel or some shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm imagining like instead of spinning teacups, like spinning dickheads or something. I don't know. My mind is going to funny places right now. Yes. So now I actually get so much more. If I would have for I know I would have sabotaged it because I couldn't get my energy fully behind it. You know, if I would have tried to buy stocks when I didn't want to, when I didn't have an actual interest in them and I wasn't passionate about it, then I would have probably just sabotaged myself. It would have gone shitty and then I would have said, oh, stocks aren't for me. Are things really not working out for you or are you trying to force yourself to do things that you don't actually want to do? Holy shit, what a concept, right? Blowing my own mind over here. Yeah. So that was something that really showed me that Fuck, like everything's happening in perfect time. And it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to back it up with your action and with your belief. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately um, is backing that up with my belief. And when it things like things aren't happening fast enough or moving fast enough, um, being stuck is an illusion or being confused is, is an illusion. And when I slow down and it feels like nothing's happening, that's actually when things are speeding up the most. So... <laughs> No big deal. I think that's what I have for you. I think that that's good. Um, I think there was a lot of other things that I talked about that I can't quite recall. Um, but I think we got some good stuff in. I got it off my chest. I got to redo my live. I was definitely pissed. I'm like, of course. Of course that would happen. I'm like, I'm gonna do something. I'm feeling compelled doesn't matter, man. I could still show up. We could struggle and still slay. And I'm like, it didn't save. What the fuck, man? I was on one. <sighs> yeah, I think I've got it. I think I got it down. Yeah, I think that's good. Well, I love you. You're doing enough. You have enough. You are enough. Tag me in your stories at Luscious Lifestyle by Lauren on Instagram. Let me know you're listening. Did this compel you? Did this really ring some bells for you? You feeling the vibe? Drop me a five-star review. The link is in the show notes for all of my little trinkets of wisdom and gold. Hustle and Honey's handbook is open. Got some really awesome stuff open. So if you pay me, links in the show notes. And yeah, this has been fun. 
I had a lot to say and I said it and I hope that this has been helpful for you. And I love you so goddamn much. You're doing incredible. Can I just say that you are doing such a good job. You are way too fucking hard on yourself and you need to give yourself some goddamn credit. Can you just give yourself a hug for me? I'm sending you a big hug and an ass grab right now. You better do it. Do it, bitch. You better do it because I'm doing it for you right now. And yes, I'll see you next time.